0: This is a download from News Talk 106 to 108. To download other programmes or for more information, go to newstalk.ie. Tom Durley was born in 1959 to parents the late Edward and Nita Durley. He has three sisters, Helen, Cathy and Anne. Tom's father was a civil servant and his mother a housewife. Tom married his wife, Johan, in 1984 and they have three daughters and they share a passion for cooking and good food tom currently writes for the irish daily mail and stars on the restaurant and tv3 and he lives on a hillside somewhere in munster and these are tom durley's oh, musical heirlooms oh, I decided Blow the Wind Southerly. It's just a very specific memory that comes from my sort of mid-childhood, but it's, it's, uh, it's a sound that brings me back to a very particular time. I was probably about eight or nine. It was a time of great security, and it sort of goes with, you know, uh, I don't know, sitting around the fire at home and that sense of being safe and looked after it warm and comfortable and loved, and all those important things. Uh, As soon as Joanne left school, we took up together, and um, we got married in due course, and um, Joanne is a sensational cook. And authority on 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 food and all manner of things like that. She puts me in the ha'penny place. Uh, she um, teaches cookery in Cork currently, and uh, does 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 various things like that. Um, and we have three daughters. Uh, my children mean everything to me, and always have done ever since I first held the first one just after birth, and went, this is the most amazing feeling I have ever had. And that hasn't changed. It's something that stays with you. It's incredible. I had deeply religious um, Catholic parents, and I was so put put off the Catholic Church by, by being brought up, not just in it, but in a sort of sort of greenhouse uh, 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 atmosphere of, of, of that particular denomination, thanks to my, my dear parents. But when I was, uh, I was what age was I? I was 22, I, I joined the Church of Ireland. I was teaching in the Church of Ireland School, and it, uh, chapel was compulsory, and I thought, wow, I rather like this. Um, you know, it's quite familiar. I, I, I remember going to the chaplain in St. Glamis, Bertie Walsh, a wonderful man, and said, chaplain, because we, we addressed each other by our titles, Chaplain, I said, I'm kind of interested in becoming an Anglican, and he said, Oh, very good, very good. Yes, leave, leave it with me, leave it with me, and he left it with me like six months. And I went back to him. I said, You haven't, you haven't been back to me about the old becoming an Anglican thing. And he said, oh, Well, I, I, I felt you should have a cooling off period. <laughs> and I thought, well, that was very civilized. And he said, Now tell me, I can recommend you for a course of instruction. He said, Now tell me what what what, what appeals to you about. Anglicanism, and I said, so I spoke at some length, and he said, oh, I think we can dispense with the instructions. He said, you've got it, actually. <laughs> and, uh, and I mean, if you were to ask me the single thing that, that, that sort of appealed to me, and I'm not saying I would do it again. I mean, I think if I the benefit of hindsight, I probably would have just ploughed my own lonely furrow. But the single thing that attracted me was freedom of conscience. Uh, so I was in my early 40s when I went to the doctor and said, I'm feeling pretty terrible. Very, very tired and depressed. I didn't know I was depressed. Numb, I think, really. Uh, um, and that's the problem that certain kinds of depression is that it's it's it it's a negative. It 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 it's an absence rather than a presence. Uh, that's the best way I could describe it. Now, it was very mild in my case because depression is a very very serious issue, and my experience of it was sort of at the homeopathic end of that spectrum, I, I think, but I was conscious of it. Uh, well, I was semi-conscious of it, but I was very tired and um, grumpy and very hard to live with, I would imagine. And uh, the doctor, my wonderful GP in Dublin, um, said, uh, how long has this been going on for? I said, oh, years. <laughs> he said, why, why didn't you come and see me? And I said, I'm, Donald, I'm, I'm a man, for God's sake. We don't do this kind of thing, you know. So anyway, he ordered blood tests. Unfortunately, because hemochromatosis, well, it's an hereditary blood disorder. And basically, you know, you're you're, you're born with it. Uh, It's a genetic thing. And it means that the the iron that you take in in your diet, you don't excrete it at all. It builds up in your liver and your pancreas and your various other organs in the body. And needless to say, it's uh, iron is toxic if, if, if you get too much of it. It, it, it. It's kind of a recently recognized thing or relatively recently. And he'd had a retired surgeon who apparently set off the metal detector in JFK because he was so heavily loaded with iron in his body, which maybe an urban myth. But anyway, that was the story I was told. And as a result, um, my 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 GP was was conscious of of it and um, yeah so it was diagnosed and it was treated and the way it's treated is wonderfully old fashioned you 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 shed blood on a regular basis so I I have my five hundred mils my my half litre taken off every, you know three or four times a year and it keeps me uh, keeps me going my function job is to work on behalf of the punter who's going to go in and. Pay hard-earned cash to eat in that particular restaurant. I would never, ever lightly dismiss a restaurant. Uh, it would be a very considered action, and I hope I've never been harsh for the sake of being harsh. I mean, I I think it's very important to it's very important to be fair, and it's very important to 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 bear in mind that you you are you were writing about somebody's business and people's livelihoods. But on the other hand, uh, what's the point in in, in being somebody who, who writes about these things without saying, look, I have an opinion. You don't have to believe what I say. And there are a whole lot of people who, it's funny the number of people say to me, don't always agree with what you say, but I, you know, I like what you do. And well, Life would be very tedious if we agreed with each other the whole time. Um, I think people maybe over the years, the Tribune, the Irish Times and laterally now in the, the um, Irish Daily Mail on Saturdays. Uh, I think some people have sort of got to know me and they know what to ignore, you know and what to um, you know the boxes that tickle for them and me, where, where we overlap may be useful in, in making a decision as to where you eat or where you don't eat. So it's, it's an amazingly trivial way to spend your life in a way. Get the same how many times have you been told't the stranglers I love the stranglers and I thought always the Sun I love the tune I love the sentiments if I understand them correctly I'll probably find that it's I don't know about heroin addiction or something really but actually if you read the lyrics just as the lyrics stand I I think it's pretty sound I'd like to pass that sentiment on to the next generation. Politicians and the leaders when they do things by half But who gets the job of pushing the knob? That sort of responsibility you draw straws for if you're mad enough